I'm preaching today out of Matthew 9. The last couple of weeks have been out of Matthew 9. Uh, two weeks ago, I preached the first little part of it. Um, and then Kara stayed there last week. I'm going to stay on verses 9 through 13 today. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to it, Matthew 9, 9 through 13. But I've got a question. When Jesus sees us and calls us, Exactly who is he calling? What does he see? Why why us? Why you? Why me? When he sees us, what does he see? Have you ever wondered why God chose you? We talk about God choosing us and God calling us all the time. We, we hear in the word that he sought us out. That, that before we chose him, he chose us. Have you wondered why? Why me? Have you wondered if you made a mistake? Well, Lord, you might have been off your game that day. I appreciate it, though. I'll take anything I can get. No, he doesn't make mistakes. But we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about that today. So let's just close our eyes and pray. Father, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, with a thankful heart, with a full heart with a hungry heart, desiring to be strengthened by you, to grow in you, to be fed on your word. So Lord, right now is an act of my will. Lord, I I yield to you and I say, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do that incredible thing you do where you personalize these words just for us as if this word is being preached right to us. Lord, do that thing. We yield to you. We say, have your way. Lord, touch lives and change hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want us to read uh, the the passage that we're going to be preaching on today from Matthew chapter 9. Verse 9. As Jesus was going down the road, he saw Matthew sitting at his tax collection booth. Come, be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. That night, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to be his dinner guests along with his fellow tax collectors and many other notorious sinners. The Pharisees were indignant. Why does your teacher eat with such scum? They asked his disciples. And let me note, they asked his disciples and not Jesus. They asked his disciples. When he heard this, Jesus replied, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to be merciful. I don't want your sacrifices. For I have come to call sinners, not those who think they are already good enough. There's a passage there that Jesus said. Go learning the meaning of that. That passage is found in Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. I want to read that also. Hosea 6 6 says this I want you to be merciful. I don't want your sacrifices. I want you to know God. That's more important than burnt offerings. I want to give a little backstory on on tax collectors. Throughout the Gospels, we hear about uh, tax collectors, Republicans, that they were called. Not Republicans, just publicans. And uh, 
they were mentioned as the standard type of evil in the Bible. When you're reading and you read about a publican or a tax collector, they're using the lowest of the lows. They're using the bottom line, the outcast, the the most evil comparison they could come up with. There's an interesting fact. The job of tax collectors in those days did not carry a salary. Did you know that? It did not carry a salary because it was expected that they would earn their money cheating people on their taxes. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that an unbelievable fact? You don't need a salary. You're going to cheat them anyway. Why should, why should the government pay you? Go earn your wages dishonestly the way you will. I thought that was amazing. So to say that they were social outcasts would be a huge understatement. You know, apparently they weren't valued and loved like tax men are today. You know, it's, I don't know. So devout Jews avoided them because they were usually dishonest. Patriotic and nationalistic Jews hated them because they were agents of Rome, the conquering Roman government. And they hated them with a double hatred if, like Matthew, they were both tax collectors and Jews because they feel like those people had gone over to the enemy and they had betrayed their own people for money. Isn't that an interesting little little backstory? So when we talk about tax collectors, we're not just talking about somebody going out and earning an honest wage and it's one of those that we hate taxes and so that's not what it was. We talk about people that were notoriously dishonest. And we talk about people that were despised because they were looked at as traitors. As as those who betrayed their people. Matthew was a Jew. His name was Levi. And so he carried that double hatred by his own people because he felt like he was. they looked at him as a sellout. That he betrayed them for money. I mentioned that that Matthew, that his name was was Levi. And we see uh, throughout the Gospels that there are three instances that tell of the calling of Levi or the calling of Matthew. In the book of Mark, it's called the calling of Levi. In the book of Luke, it's called the calling of Levi. In the book of Matthew, It's called The Calling of Matthew. Matthew is the author of this book. Many believe that like Peter, who Jesus gave him a new name, Jesus gave Levi a new name. Gave him the name Matthew. Matthew means gift of God. Gift of Jehovah. So Matthew, the author of this book, is well aware of who he was. But even more so, he's aware of who he is and the new name that he was given. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? What about us? We're aware of our past. We're aware of the crummy things we've done. The despicable things we've done. Are we aware of the new name? that he has for us, the new way that he sees us. In Matthew 
chapter 9, verse 5. Jesus, uh, and I preached on this two weeks ago, there was a comparison between healing the sick and forgiving the sins. And Jesus said this, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? Which is easier to say? And then in verse 6, it says, as Jesus was walking, uh, actually, uh, I'll, I'll hold off there. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? That was Jesus' way of declaring that he has authority to forgive sins, right? I, I have authority to heal the sick, to cast out demons. But I also have authority to forgive sins. So what happens here in verse 9? Jesus walks by Matthew. And he says, follow me. Be my disciple. I got a question for you. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or follow me and be my disciple? No hoops to jump through. Just get up where you are and just walk away and follow me. Not just follow me. Not just come be a part of my entourage. Be my disciple. Don't you find it odd that somebody despised and hated and looked down upon that Jesus would say, be my disciple. We're going to touch people's lives. I need you. Be my disciple. Jesus chose a guy despised by people to love on people and to teach people. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? His ways are not our ways. You have Paul, self-proclaimed Jew of all Jews. Who's he called to minister to? The Gentiles. You have Peter, a rough around the edges fisherman. And a Jew, who's he called, you know, or who's he called to, to minister to? No education, no. Be educated, you know. <laughs> the Jews. God chooses whom he will. I guess here's my, my question to you guys. Who are we to say that if he calls us that we're not worthy? That our past is too much? That our sin is too great? That our failure is too many? Who are we to look at ourselves with anything less than our Lord looks to us? Through Christ Jesus, there is mercy to pardon the greatest sin and grace to sanctify the greatest sinner. Matthew, though he was a tax collector and despised, became an evangelist and one of Jesus' 12 apostles. In his writings, in this chapter, of, in this book of Matthew, Bible scholars say that he wrote the fullest account of Jesus' life. I, when, when we have worship, man, I, I, can't, I can't be expressive enough in my worship. I can't be expressive enough in letting him know I love him and that he's touched me and that I'm changed and that I'm just responding to his love. So I do all kinds of goofy things in the midst of worship. 
Because I just want to express to him that I love him. I love him. Why? Because he looked at me when I was at my worst. And he said, follow me. Be my disciple. At my worst. He didn't wait till I was polished up until I'd, I'd got myself cleaned up and looking nice. At my worst, he looked at me and said, follow me. Be my disciple. Great sin and scandal before conversion are not a barrier to God. They're not a barrier to His gifts or His grace or or His advancements or any of these things. In fact, when we have this horrific past, isn't God glorified even more for what He does and the new life He gives us? So who are the sick and what is their sickness? Jesus' response to the Pharisees going to the disciples. Don't you just hate that, by the way? Don't you just, man, just man up. Just man up and go look Jesus in the eye and say, who do you think you are hanging out with these scumbags? But I don't know. I just, that bugs me. Goes to his disciples. Goes to his disciples. Hey, the guy you're following is doing this. We all know that's bad. We all know that our tradition says this and that. You really want to be following them? What you doing for lunch tomorrow? Well, come on, hang with us. I said it before, you know, Jesus in the beginning of this chapter. What's easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say stand up and be healed? What's easier to say your sins are forgiven or follow me? Jesus came to tear down the traditions and the ways that man had of, of making themselves right in God's eyes. We can't make ourselves right in God's eyes. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves right in God's eyes. It's not about our acts or our good deeds or our goodness or our charity or our church attendance or our tithes or anything. We can't, God cannot love us more by anything we do than He does right now. Because His love is not based on our merits. Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call those who think, not not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Hosea 6.6 6. I want you to show love and not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. It's not about what we can do for God. That's not why he called any one of us. Matthew knew who he was. Matthew knew he was sick. Sick. Matthew knew the underhanded things he had done, the deceptive things he had done, the dishonest things he had done. 
I believe in my heart of heart that he knew when Jesus looked him in the eye and Jesus walked up to him at that moment, I believe that Matthew knew that Jesus knew him too. That Jesus knew it too. He knows us. And he loves us despite everything, every flaw, every imperfection. He does. You guys, what an amazing message this is that we are to take to a world who thinks they don't measure up. But first, we we got to grasp this message ourselves because we might be sitting there going, I don't measure up. Will you come into agreement with God and what He sees? Will you let Him wash away your past? I ask the question, what does He see? When He calls us, what does He see? Here's the simple answer. He sees it all. He sees it all. See, He sees the past. He sees all the things we've done. And then He sees us there. Looking at him, responding to him, waiting for him. And then he sees us through the eyes of the work of Jesus Christ. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Whole. Redeemed. Healed. Forgiven. Worthy. And that's how he sees us. So all we've got to do is come to agreement and say... I come into agreement with you and the way you see me and the plan you have for me and the things that you have for me. Matthew, not Levi. Matthew, God's gift, got up, left his table and followed Jesus. What about the money on the table? Who cares? Who cares? This is the one who wants to set me free. This is the one who looked at me, knowing my past, and said, You're my gift. You're God's gift. Not Levi, but Matthew. How powerful is that? When we have been touched by God, we don't look back and call ourselves yesterday's name. We come into agreement with who he says we are and what he has for us. And we move forward in the fullest confidence saying, I am his. James 6.23 says this. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. This, This passage has been on my heart. Yeah, I was able to share this with someone today and I just felt like I was supposed to share it with everybody. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. What are wages? Wages are the things you earned. Wages are the things you deserve. Wages are the things we worked hard for. They're due us. But the Bible says the wages of sin is death. 
death. That's what's due us. But, I love that the scripture doesn't end there, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Gift. Not deserved. Not earned. Given because you're loved. I love gifts. My birthday was January 8th, so we got to wait another year, but I love it. And Jesus offered us a gift, said, free. Nothing you earned. In fact, what you earned, what you deserve, what you have coming, this gift takes the place of. All we got to do is receive it, right? I come to you guys with a gift. All you got to do is receive it. Just don't turn it away. When God comes to us with a gift, we don't turn it away. Free gift of salvation. All those things we earned, all our sin, all the things, all, all of our scandalous activity, all the things we earned that we rightly did, that rightly defined us. He's saying, my gift wipes it all away and it brings you a new name. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Right now, what's, what's the enemy want to say? Well, he says it doesn't matter what it is, but he doesn't know what you've done. It doesn't matter. Jesus looks at you and knows what you did and knows what I did and says, the price has been paid, free gift receive. First, we respond to that gift and say yes. Now, I'm looking around the room and I I know the majority of people, so I know I'm preaching to a room full of Christians. There there might be people here who's never given their lives to the Lord, but for for those of you who have, I'm, I'm preaching to you. The enemy wants nothing more than for you to not be willing or in agreement with him and who he says you are because of your past, because of your failures, because you're saying, I don't care if your past is 20 minutes ago. I mean, 20 minutes ago would have been during the worship service. But, you know, it doesn't matter. God wants us to bring the good news to people. But if we can buy into the lie of the enemy, saying we're not worthy, we're not deserving, then we don't get used. But God wants to use you. Love this story. Matthew's... Who do you, who do you choose? We see, no, we see no logical reason He chose Matthew. And maybe we see no logical reason He chose you and I. But do we agree with who He says we are? I don't know what that name is. But if you'll cry out to Him and say, what's the name you call me by? He'll let you know. Names like forgiven, adored, worthy, precious, valued, treasured. Those are the things our God says to us. And they're true. That's who he calls us by. You guys... This is a message that we need to take outside those doors. But before we can go outside the doors, this is a message we got to take to heart. 
And we've got to say yes. Yes to his plan. Yes to his calling. Yes to his gift.